Wednesday, January 26, 2011, and the message is called Mace in the Face. <laughs> I really believe that one of my callings is to offer entertainment to the Lord. Through <laughs> my silly deeds and involved in the city today, which I will not share those. However, this story that I am sharing is true. It's not embellished for pulpit purposes, unfortunately, but I do feel that I'm led to share it with you. However, it does tie into the message, so just bear with me. But how many of you out there are presently taking care of young children, either your own or preschool? Raise your hands. Like under five. <laughs> you know it can be a, it's a it can be struggles. They are a gift from God. It is a beautiful gift to receive children. And but um, with it becomes at times some some learning um, experiences. And I will share a story with you. This happened in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, <coughs> and Daniel was about Josiah's age, about twenty months. And uh, this was around the time that we had the Louisiana serial killer. So every woman was carrying packing mace <laughs> at the middle. <laughs> and so <laughs> we all had our mace. And my friend, her husband, was a police officer. And she thought it would be a great idea to get me some special mace that the common public should not have. <laughs> Um, and I think my 
my keys. If you know me, or I lose my keys by day. <laughs> this is not a experience. <laughs> so I turn around to see what this painful cry is. And let's just say the cloud of witnesses was in the SUV. And I was amazed. Immediately I get out of the car and I, of course, set off the alarm. I thank God that you too had not started. <laughs> <laughs> I would have had a million hits at the time. <laughs> well, this, this went on for about 20 minutes. I was blinded. could not see anything. My daddy was crying. And I had used my last wife, of course, days ago. And, uh, <laughs> but anyway, I had resolve the problem once I could see. And once I got into the car, by the way it was raining, I actually stooped over the steering wheel and I started crying. And I actually, I prayed, I said, Lord, does it really have to be this hard? I mean, it, this was a struggle. I mean, I'd just been maced in the face with crystal something. And, um, it was just very difficult. And so I decided to go to church. I was not listening to the message. But I tell you, God showed me this message. And um, he brought me to where we're going tonight. And it does tie in. <laughs> Let's go to Mark 6. So holding on to that story. With Mace and the Faith. background of what's going on. It's kind of heavy, but they just, they just buried John the Baptist. It was not a very, it was not a, a regular burial. More than likely, I believe they buried him without, without his head. I mean, they, this is their friend. I mean, we read this stuff, and let's, let's put it in perspective. We say they buried John the Baptist, and then he fed the 5,000. I mean, let's really put this they buried him without a head. This is their friend. Um, so the disciples at the t this time came back to Jesus. They had, their ministry was so involved at the time that they had not even had time to eat. They were very busy. They were very involved. Jesus said, and um, I think this is where we'll start. Um, in verse 30, we're going to start in Mark 6, verse 30. Amen. Yeah. There. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and talked. Then because so many people were coming in and going, they did not even have a chance to eat. He said to them, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. Oh, doesn't that sound wonderful? Picture that. They, are, they need to mourn their friend. And they just buried John the Baptist. And it's been busy. They were burnt. I mean, they, they were tired. They had not been eating. Um, and Jesus said, Come away with me. 
<laughs> to a solitary place. Just, just you and me. Let's go off and let's spend some time together. Let's fry Twinkies or whatever they do. <laughs> whatever y'all, whatever y'all do. So let's just get together and hang out. It's been so beautiful. There's nothing wrong with wanting to get away and rest. Not that and please do not. I'm going is not. It's okay to rest, but see, listen to what happened. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them ran on foot from all the towns and got ahead of them. When they saw, when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like a sheep without a shepherd. Can you imagine as they were on the boat, Peter looked at Andrew and said, Oh, you've got to be kidding. <laughs> I mean, seriously, they are in need of this time alone with Jesus. And there's nothing wrong with that. But they were disappointed. They didn't get to spend the time they needed. They needed to rest. They needed that time. So, and also, if you want to study further, I'd love to go tonight, but it's not Sunday or so forth, but Ezekiel 34, I ran over that yesterday. The Lord just kept showing me these things. It's a beautiful illustration of this same thing, of Jesus is the shepherd, and he's, it's, he's like looking upon the, the sheep. He's the same and they're on the mountains of Israel. It's a beautiful picture if you want to look at it in your own time. But it says, because they were like sheep without a shepherd, so he began teaching them many things. So he was moved with compassion. They were exhausted. What they were thinking of, which was not wrong, they were not in error. They were not sinning at the time, but they needed rest. That they need a time alone with Jesus. How many times do we need rest and time alone with Jesus? Many times. But as it goes through following me, we will see what happened. So be Jesus began to do his thing. The disciples had in mind their own thing. So there were two wills at this time. They were, they were a little disappointed. But things didn't go as planned. Can we? I don't understand. Can we comprehend this? Yes. We're following Jesus. We're serving Jesus. We're living life daily with Jesus. We're literally living life with Jesus. Things we go as Okay? This is pretty funny. I want y'all to follow this. By the time it was late in the day, so his disciples came up to him. When I read the word, I'm a very visual person, so I, I, I kind of think of it as a movie. So I picture the disciples telling Jesus this. You have to picture it and work it out. Okay, so picture the disciples coming up to Jesus and like kind of tapping them on the shoulder and saying, Hey, this is a remote place. I mean, think about how kind of funny this is. You know? We're in the country. <laughs> they said, it's already very late, Jesus. 
telling Jesus what time of day it is. Right. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> telling Jesus what to do, where we are. Um, it's getting kind of late. Let's send the people to Chick-fil-A. Yeah, we're not. <laughs> burger, anywhere but here. Um, send the people away so they can go to surrounding countryside and villages to buy themselves something to eat. We have, we have plans. So we, we're going to let you know what they are for. We're going to fill you in now. We're going to kind of tell you how it goes. So, but I love his answer. Okay. But he answered, you give them something to eat. Okay. And then they said to him, well, that would take eight months of a man's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them? I mean, let's go ahead and look at our limitations, you know. We already, well, I'm going to fall in front of everybody. We already, <laughs> see, we already did not get to do what we wanted to do. And then we have limitations that we're going to go ahead and tell you about now. So let me go ahead and tell you what we cannot do. We only have this. How many loaves do you have? Asked. Go and see. When they found out, they said, five and two fish. <laughs> then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties, taking five loaves and two fish. <coughs> oh, that's if you take our small. That's such a message and all of that. I could go forever. But anyway, <coughs> he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave to them his disciples and set before the people. He also divided the two fish among them. They all ate and were satisfied. The disciples picked up the twelve baskets of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of the men who had eaten was five thousand. Unbelievable. The disciples were still serving. They were tired. They had just been, they're mourning. They're grieving. They're already exhausted already tired, needing a rest, needing a break. They need time alone with their Jesus. I mean, we can comprehend that in our day-to-day life, can't we? Now, we love, I love this. We have that movie camera going, and for whatever reasons, if the people were ready to make him king at that time, it was not his time, or whatever, I think it does say that in John, I believe. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get in the boat and go ahead of him to Bethsaida. And I'm going to go ahead and read this and go back over it because there's so many things that I've never seen in the Word before until you break it down like we did. When evening came, the boat was in the middle of the lake. And he was alone on land. He saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them about the fourth watch of the night. He went out to them walking on the lake. He was about to pass by them. (laughs) But when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost. They cried out because they saw, saw him and were terrified. Immediately, 
he spoke to them and said, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Then he climbed in the boat with them. That is so amazing. Think about this. Immediately. He puts them in a boat. He didn't ask them if they wanted to go. He puts them in a boat. It's like, kind of throws them in. Just puts them in a boat, sends them on their way. Okay? He made the disciples to get in the boat while he dismissed the crowd. He did his thing. He went and prayed. He dismissed them. When evening came, the boat was in the middle of the lake, and he was alone on land. He saw the disciples straining at the oars. They were struggling here. They were working. This was not motorized boats like we have. They were working hard. They were already tired. They were grieving. They were in need of rest already. They had served 5,000 men, plus women, children, exhausted and confused, like let down, disappointed already because their plans did not go through the way they wanted. So listen to this. About the fourth watch of the night, he went out to them. One watch of the night is three hours. So this means he did not go out to them until about three or six in the morning. He was on land. He was praying for the Father. He was actually watching them struggle from 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. They were already tired. Does this sound? I mean, immediately we think, it just doesn't sound right. When we think about Jesus, we're praying. He rescues us, right? When we think about, would Jesus actually send us into a storm? What do you mean? Jesus would send us into a struggle if we're in his will? What? But he did. To the end that he needed the most from. And he knew their potential. And he knew what was the condition of their hearts at the moment. And he knew what they needed the most. He knew they did not need to go our twins. That's not what they needed. That moment. He knew what they needed. He knew exactly what they needed. They were fishermen. Okay? I want you to keep this in mind. Um, and they were terrified. This is what they did for a living.
not my will is his will and it may be a bit more watching than not so guess what if you're struggling you may be in the third watch hold on and it's for reason it's for purpose because see what happens here it's not just their struggle was not just to watch them grow was not to build arms their their purpose they had was for eternity. The purpose that they had built them into the men that they were going to be, and he knew that. They thought he was a ghost. They cried out because they saw and were terrified. I want you to uh, see Matthew. I love, if you look at all the synoptics, Gospels, he's in the whole picture. I joke with Darren. I say it sometimes. Getting all the information is kind of like, what is it? Oh no! It was kind of hard to say. I mean that with all respect. He gives like two worded answers, but you know I don't want to relate the word to that. But you get the whole picture. You're a nurse, right? Yeah. Okay. You can say medical things. Yeah, that was medical Basically, when he was saying it is I, they knew exactly. 
and say, you know, you're God and you can do above and beyond anything. There's nothing restricting you. If you want to heal me, I believe you can do it right this second. If you, whatever you want to do, you are God. You are God. I love this.
Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Of whom shall I be afraid? When evil men advance against me to devour my flesh, when my enemies and my foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. The war break out against me, even then I will be confident no matter what. No matter what. I will trust. One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek Him in His temple. For the day of trouble, He will keep me safe in His dwelling. Oh, what a beautiful picture that is, and it's so true. He will hide me in His shelter of His tabernacle and set me on a rock, safe. He will set me on a rock, because He is. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his tabernacle will I sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Just like they did. Hear my voice when I call, O Lord. Be merciful to me. My heart says if you seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me. My God, my Savior, though my father and my mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Teach me your way. O oh Lord, lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over because of the desire of my foes. Our false witnesses rise up against me, breathing out violence. I am still confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take part. Wait for the Lord. Psalm 27 says, You were my help when my father and mother forsake me. You were not. The Hebrew word is easier. It's when God said, It's not good that man will be alone. I will make for him help. It's supposed to be one with us. And you brought out some amazing points. Some very good things. I want to tell you something that I got out of it. They were already exhausted when they got in the boat. <laughs> Before they fed the 5,000, they were already tired. Then they fed the 5,000, they were beyond tired. Jesus will push you further than you think you can go. Amen. <laughs> you didn't get it from Mark. But when you read the other Gospels, you find out he threw them. <laughs> the Greek there literally is that he forced them to go into the boat. They wanted to make him king. So while they're in the boat and they're struggling, what do you think they're thinking? Maybe we're struggling because we screwed up. Isn't that what you think when you get in trouble? But who put them in the boat? 
want you to stop wasting time deliberating whether your hardship is because you did something wrong. Mm -hmm. and start thinking about the fact that in the middle of this, it's where all of your purpose comes from. This is where we learn what it is to take courage. This is where we learn what it is to cry out to Him. This is where we learn not only that He can walk on water, but that we can too. This is where we really worship Him. Suffering is where obedience is born. You cannot measure a man by what he suffered, but you can measure a man by the obedience developed in that suffering. Amen. Not obedience if he's only telling you that you're fat, happy, rich, blessed, alone. It's obedience when you have to do things that are hard. Strain of the oldness. He could have passed them by. He was about to pass them by. Why would the word say he's about to pass them by? Because he could, but he didn't. He's not subject to our struggles. He doesn't have to go meet with the broken. His dwelling place is in the highest heavens. That's where it says it's also with the broken and the holy apart. He didn't pass them by because the miracle of our king is not only that he puts you in a boat that allows you to struggle, but that he will get into that boat with you. gets into the boat it doesn't matter how long you've been straining with no success you are on the other side okay? but wait a minute that's not what the pet scan says wait a minute that's not what my wayward son says that's not what my finances says no no when you're with him you have all you need you are on the other side Christians are fond of quoting Psalm 91 when they're in trouble. The deadly pestilence won't touch me. A thousand will fall at this side, ten thousand at that side. And read the way the psalm ends. I will be with him in the midst of trouble, for he calls upon me and I have answered him. Our king is with us when we're straining at the oars. And we have perverted the gospel into the fact that if he's with you, you won't be straining at the oars. And it's a damnable lie. Christians all over the world have found the closeness of his presence during their most difficult hours. This is where we learn what Paul calls the fellowship of suffering. You get to be like him. You get to find out that your love in him is not circumstantial. You get to find out that he is stronger than your flesh is weak. Thank God for the circumstances that have taught Darren and Angie these things. I thank God that we have a Lord who does not so insulate us from everything that we could not experience life. He didn't insulate himself. He didn't insulate himself. Not at all. He put it all out there. The difference in wills that Angie spoke of is apparent today the difference between sheep and goats. The disciples were not bad people, but they wanted something. They wanted to carry out their own desires. Good desires. They wanted something that, in retrospect, is selfish. 
let those people buy their own food. That Jesus is calling sheep who will always do something else. They'll set down what they want, pick up what he wants, and it is always the same. Sacrificial living. Sacrificial giving. It requires death to the giver so there can be life to the recipient. This is what you learn when you strike the others. That your life was not about the abundance of things around you. It was about what you could give to other people. Teddy saints, take courage. These messages don't get preached. This anointing doesn't dwell unless you need it. We need it. We need it. The thing that I like the most about what Angie shared is I have watched her and Darren walk through some difficult things physically. I've heard encouraging and discouraging words come from brothers. Watched all of that. This is not a pity me message. There are no victims in Christ. Midst of her infirmity, she's become the conqueror, not the conquered. Amen. Well, stand to your feet. He is able in our circumstances. He is able. This is the heart that doesn't say. How can this be? It says, how will this be? If you believe God's word is true, stop standing back and debating whether or not you'll implement it. Stop standing back and counting the cost. That was supposed to be done when you got born again. Now's the time to say, even if he slay me, yep, well, I Because he never desired to slay you. Even if you die, you will. Y'all want to pray? Yes. Yeah. Amen. Me too. Mighty God, come up here. Mighty God, Lord, I thank you for the shoemaker household. Yes. Lord, I pray that your anointing oil would drip down upon there, that it would run off upon Angie. Lord, that CJ's life would be illuminated from it, and Daniel's life would be propelled by it. Lord, I thank you for the men and women that you put in their life. I thank you for Richard coming all the way here. We ask, Lord, that you would launch them into the ministry that you have called them to. Lord, that you would give Angie a voice among women. Lord God, that this household would be put together in such a way that it would be unshakable. Lord, we declare before all the powers in the heavens that we see your hand upon them. We have been edified by your word coming through them. Lord, we thank you for your servants. And we will heed their advice. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.